Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Season 2, Higher Balance Classics, Timeless Teachings. Rebel Guru Radio is sponsored by Cramp Medic, the most powerful cramp fighting supplement on the market. I think it's an excellent product. I can honestly say for myself, and this is of course uh, difficult to say because it's coming from me, but I hope you take my word on it. I don't think there's anything out there better than Cramp Medic for leg cramps. I used to get them on a near daily basis, maybe every couple days. I know that uh, when I had my motorcycle or bicycle, uh, my legs would be the worst. I would wake up in the middle of the night in pain. Uh, there have been times where I've thought about maybe I should go to an emergency room. Since I've used Cramp Medic, I probably use one serving and I will not have to reach into using this again probably for two, two and a half weeks. That is more than double what I felt was the recommended like once for every seven days. That's how effective. I do think that people need to use it for two to three times to build up somehow in your in your system. We have mainly all positive reviews. Apple cider vinegar is what is going to reduce, you know, acid buildup in your muscle tissue very rapidly. Cayenne pepper is going to expand your capillaries to move that blood into those tight cramping muscles that just do not want to let blood in there to soften it. It is very, very effective. It is going to get in there. Electrolytes very fast. It's going to do the job. It's just a great product. And that's what I have to say about it, crampmedic.com. The other thing I wanted to say is the Higher Balance Institute store, HBI, or higherbalance.com. We've worked very hard at reducing and slashing the pricing, trying to keep it as a mainstay price forum. Uh, People have said over the years it's too expensive for them and they can't afford it. Uh, I don't know what the next excuse is going to be because it is extremely affordable. Um, We're doing our best to do that. Having Cramp Medic, finding other stuff to maneuver around so we can keep this thing going uh, has allowed us to bring those prices down. Uh, We do have a lot, a lot of material, a lot of classes that are really excellent, I feel. you know, going probably for several dollars, some of those classes, uh, probably at least 70, 80% off of what we charge, maybe even more. Uh, one thing we may do is maybe change around in the store, like uh, uh, bi-monthly or something, which modules we're offering, because there's so many, I think people get lost in it. So if there is something you want, I strongly suggest you grab it before we start moving it around, but it will come available again. It just may take six months to a year before the, all those other ones start arriving. Uh, back for availability and we're going to start taking down some probably to try to keep some organization to just the the bulk of uh, information there which I'm very proud of Um, so that's what I have to say on that please check out Higher Balance Institute uh, you know or higherbalance.com and uh, support Higher Balance please get uh, and try out uh, cramp medic for family, friends, anybody who has leg muscle problems or any kind of muscle problems in particular. It it truly is the best product out there. No foams, no creams. You don't have to run to the bathroom if you're working at the office to put on foams on your leg by pulling on your pants and trying to get to your legs. Uh, no need for tablets. One shot, seven days, phenomenal. If you are interested in acquiring Eric Pepin's books, visit higherbalancebooks.com.
Psychometry is the ability to hold an object that belongs to somebody, and that object gives you information. And you will learn how this is done and how it's possible. Scanning is the ability to virtually have somebody physically in front of you and be able to scan them, virtually know things about them, read their consciousness or their desires or their emotions or their wills or hidden agendas or know things that are going to happen to them in the future. Psychometry was the first introduction to doing any psychic work that I have ever done other than ORS. ORS was the first, psychometry was the second. What the person is actually looking for is a solid object, okay? All objects hold energy, as you guys know already from, from previous classes. Human beings emit a particular frequency. Every frequency is different for every single human being. So it's kind of like radio stations. Everybody has a different radio station. If you tune into it, that's the radio station. When you wear clothing, this energy is impacted constantly into your clothing so that it begins to mimic it. Much like the sponge absorbing water as you keep pushing energy into it, so is your clothing, your jewelry, and anything else you spend a lot of time in. Well, the best material is actually metals. The second best is like solid, hard plastics, and then, of course, you work your way down to clothing and such like that. The reason why metals probably better is it tends to hold a better charge, a better form of energy. It seems that like clothing tends to, to let it slip and generally fall out of the energy array, while metal objects tend to hold a very strong current of that person's frequency. So what happens is, is you have an energy field. You have an aura, an energy field. Your energy field is connected to your brain, your mind. I mean, they're one and the same. Just because you have energy in the tip of your finger, the data is still sent to your brain back and forth. Well, in aspect, what's happening when you hold an object and you psychically go into a certain state of mind, and we'll, we'll go into all of that in a minute, you take the frequency of that person, their piece of jewelry, and you put it into your hand, and your brain, we of course keep it in mind, we only use 9 to 15%, give or take some, somehow tunes into that person's frequency under the right conditions of thought. It allows you to begin to get images or clear audience or clairvoyance as they say like pictures in your head or sound clear audience like audio visual you can you can hear things in your head or you can see things or whatever and you simply describe what you are seeing and either it makes logic to that person or it doesn't at this moment because it could be a future event now some people say to me you know well how is it possible to see the future well i don't think anybody knows exactly how it's possible to see the future. Putting aside all the hokey psychics and all the 900 numbers and everything, let's take a very close look at the fact. The fact is, is that people in history have predicted the future accurately. Okay, It has been done. If it's been done once in history accurately, that would be something. If it's been done twice in history, that would be something. If it would be ten times, it would be a miraculous. But it's done, been done millions of times in history from various predictors who have done it quite accurately and quite on time, and there's no answer for it. What I say is this. You get into the argument of if you do a psychic reading and you predict somebody's future, A, how is it possible to know the future? Is the future pre-written? Well, quantum physically speaking, yes, I believe that the future is somewhat written. I don't believe that this discussion is predictable because it's what I would call a minor, something that's not very important per se. But I do believe car accidents, critical points in your life, anything that's like really serious is somehow written in time and space and somebody psychically can pick up on it. Now, 
We don't know what electricity is. Our brain works on it. We utilize it every day. It's a form of energy. Time. If Einstein says everything has happened, will happen, and will happen again, then that's like saying time is a giant film strip. And basically, we are in the movie part where the light's going through and it's action. This is the moment. But there is a silhouette being written, and the image is getting more concrete as it approaches every inch or tenth of an inch to hit an action this very minute. And every conversation we've had and everything we've done is already happening over and over somewhere in time, like a, re a repetition. So we don't really know what time is either, and therefore, in my opinion, it is possible to see the future. But to what extent, I'm not really sure. What I can tell you is the more spiritual a person is, the more enlightened they are, the more energy they have, it seems like they are almost impossible to psychically read. That they have no future, that they truly live in this moment and create their destiny. Or, or embrace destiny in a much higher level than most people can understand. The common people, the mundane life, who just basically function on this planet, for those of us who understand maybe red cells, let's say, seem to have a, a very high level of predictability, which is basically what I did most of my youth is doing psychic readings. Highly accurately, right on. So these are all things to take in consideration. Good. Um, so, so you're saying since... People that are begin awake and become more spiritual, we, um, well, how should I word it? We start using our own will, maybe to guide our higher lives. will, true will, higher mindfulness will. or mind versus right. brain. Right. So that's making us more unpredictable. Correct. You you are no longer prodded and moved along as a function of the machine or the planet as an organism. So you are a free living individual being because you have awareness. So That's kind of what so you here are doing. So you're basically saying that we can create our own destiny and write our own future. You can literally will your own destiny, yes. Okay. Which you guys, as you evolve in, in classes in the future, you'll understand perfectly what I mean by that. But for the, for the most part, we're talking about standardized reading, and I have to give you this, this reasoning so that you have a better understanding of this. So putting aside all the, the upper-level thinking, okay, and just dealing with the fact of how does somebody actually do this, okay? We know that one of the main ingredients we're looking for if we do psychometry is to actually ask somebody for a piece of jewelry. Okay, something that belongs to them. Okay, something that they've had for a while. Okay, something that has their energy impacted into it. Okay, now energy is very interesting because energy can you can have somebody wear your ring for a day, and even though you wear it 99.9%, the psychic may pick up on that tiny little bit from that other person. It's it's funny. I don't know how the energy lives in there. I don't know how it works, but I've seen it happen. Um, so you never know what you're going to get out of it. No, it's not about stronger. I just think it's somehow recorded and managed to stay in there somehow. Um, I think that, that metal objects are, are very capable of holding recordings of all sorts of things. I mean, think about something, okay? I mean, hypothetically speaking, the psychic can see a moment or see something happening, okay? Let's say they see something from your past. How is it possible that they can see from your past unless they are actually using a form of telepathy and reading your mind, which I don't really believe. My suggestion is this. If you see with your eyes, your eyes aren't touching nothing, your eyes record all the information in your brain electrically. 
Your ears record all the sound electrically. Your smell, your taste, your touch, your feelings, your emotion are all recorded in your mind electrically. Why can they not be like a videotape in a tenth of a, of a pin? An entire year of life can be recorded in a tiny fabric hairline streamline of a solid metal object. Why can it not also be being recorded in this object? What do we know technologically-wise why it couldn't be? Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's to say how it's been put in there or, or what mechanisms is allowing it? What we do know is, is that it's, it's somehow there. Okay? And that's, that's the main point. Another thing is, is that psychometry in a lot of cases can be used for basically finding missing people, such as the things that I've done myself. Um, one of the things I found is, is that when looking for a missing person or something, I'll be given some jewelry that may have belonged to them. Finding the energy trace from that person in that jewelry, um, you start to get images of them, maybe things that they've seen before they died or where they are currently, because it doesn't necessarily mean they're dead, um, but you'll get bits and pieces. One of the things that you have to keep in mind, we have to separate the concept of Hollywood their vision of what a psychic is and what you guys think a psychic is or what this information is like, okay? Um, when you see something, you don't necessarily see, let's say somebody's missing, you don't necessarily see the town, the street, the exact corner, you get an address. It doesn't work like that. You get bits and pieces. You may see different circumstances. One of the circumstances with myself was uh, I seen... Um, a road, and it was a, it was a dirt road, and it had been it was a, actually a tarred road, and it had been oiled. And in Connecticut, what that means is is that a lot of the older roads they they let they put oil on it, and then they put sand on it, and the cars drive over it, and it helps restore the consistency of the tar so that it lasts longer, instead of having to make the cost of re-tarring the entire road. Okay, and this happens quite commonly, so it was no big deal. So that that was not what we call a good hit. Okay. Um, but all information is useful. Now, this, of course, took three days of work to, to come up with all this material. So don't think you just walk in and you solve it and you walk out. But the point is, is that, so the second thing that I says was, I see a stone wall, and I see that the wall was pushed on somebody's body on the other side, standing from the dirt road that's been oiled, okay? And I could see the shoes, the sneakers. Now, that means I see the person's body. Okay, but that doesn't specifically tell me where the body is. It doesn't. I mean, there's a million stone walls in New England, let alone Connecticut, but New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania. I mean, it could be anywhere. That's like a, a pin in a needle of a haystack. So the next thing I says, well, I see, you know, a field. Okay, and I see a silo, and the silo is half tilting, like it's like it's falling over. Well, that's good, but there's a lot of silos, which are wheat things that hold wheat, and there's a lot of old ones that are falling over. Again, it's, it's not really a good hit because nobody can say exactly where that is. Um, so then I says, well, there's something that I see that's very strange, and I says there's these big stones that overlook this giant field. And I says there's a picture of what looks like Charlie Brown and Snoopy painted out of the stone structure. Okay, so you know what I'm saying. So there's a stone that comes out, and they made like a dog's face out of it and painted it, and it's supposed to be you know Snoopy or whatever. 
And then one of the people turned around and jumped and says, I know where that is. That's in such and such town. That's the pumpkin field by such and such farmer. And basically the theme is the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And it's been that way for years and years. So they drove out to this area. And sure enough, there was the road that had been oiled. On the other side is the field. On the other side of the road was the stone wall. And as they were walking and they looked, they found the stone wall that was pushed over. So there's a connection. Do you see what I'm saying? Which this is also called, in a sense, remote viewing. Remote viewing. A lot of the new psychic terms are really old psychic terms. Do you see what I'm saying? They just elaborated on a lot of stuff. So this is like nothing new when I hear them speak. They just give everything fancier and fancier names as, as time seems to progress. Um, so in either case, this is so this is what what happens. So you can't necessarily know exactly certain information. You have to work with logic, rationalizing good description capabilities, okay? Keep in mind, one of the, the greatest assets I think that I've had as, a, as doing psychic work is the ability and range of words that I have and how I express myself. I mean, there's a, a blue house, and then there's a blue house, and there's a blue house. What kind of blue am I talking about? Baby blue? Royal blue? Sky blue? Gray methodic blue? I mean, what am I talking about? I'm, I see a two-story house. Well, it could be a Victorian two-story house. It could be a typical two-story house. It could be a uh, any variety. So description is everything. The more you can describe something, the better the accuracy you will have. Okay? Most fake psychics won't even give you a description because they can't. I mean, you can say, oh, well, I see a blonde-haired woman, and they live in a two-story house and whatever, and she looks like she's in her 30s. Oh, well, that... It's my sister, or it could be my aunt. No, uh, it's your sister. Uh, okay, and I just see her having a good time. Oh, my God, you're such a good psychic. I get very, very angry and frustrated when I see these people who claim to be psychics. The, the idea is, is to, to not only see the blonde hair, but to describe the style of hair, to describe the clothing the person's wearing, the body build. Now, keep in mind, there are some true disadvantages. It's very hard to describe people's body height and width and weight off of what looks like a picture in your head. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, there is some certain things, like if they're not standing next to somebody that you know, you can't really judge the height that well. You can give a good guess, do you see? But you have to kind of use your own mind to compare other objects. Like, is there a mailbox? Well, you know how big an average mailbox is because you've seen all different types. So you see the one, you know about how big it is. You get an idea, and that's what I learned to do. You know what I'm saying? I would adapt different objects to give better descriptions of height, body, weight, and whatever else I could give. Sometimes when you do readings also, you don't see crisp, clear pictures. In some cases, they're, they're very faint. It's like a faded picture. Or it's like kind of like taking silly putty on a newspaper picture, pressing it down and pulling it off and trying to make out the, the image in detail. Okay? And the reason why is that you tend to lack the quality of image is the number one destroyer of, of any psychic person's ability, fear. You see, no one wants to be wrong. No one, no psychic wants to be wrong when doing a reading. You don't want to be wrong and be told, no, that's not what my sister looks like, or no, that's... How do you know it's their sister? You don't know it's their sister. So why even say, I think it's your sister? Because now you're opening yourself up for an attack. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, I don't have a sister. So already the bad feeling started. Now you're starting to doubt yourself. So the quality of what you're seeing, you're starting to, to second guess. And you stop the input of information good. And that's how a lot of psychics are destroyed in the process of becoming more psychic. They give up because they think that they're just not good enough. So one of the big things is, is having faith 
in what you're seeing. You have to trust what you see. And you can't stop to think about it. When you stop to think about what you're seeing in your head, when you're telling somebody, well, this is what I see, you can't say, well, how could this possibly have anything to do with this person? I'll give you, for instance, okay? Because you got to remember, you got dualities of mind. One of the things I remember doing, it was a very interesting reading I did uh, when I lived in Hartford, um, was that uh, there was a, this lady I did psychic work for. She was really pleased with, with the readings I did. A lot of the predictions I made came true. And I was always known, the reason why I did very well at psychic works is a lot of people would make predictions that it would take years for their, their predictions to become, you know, start to happen. And most people wouldn't remember it. And sometimes it would never happen. they never have any way to calculate it. Predictions I would make would happen like within hours. I would say such and such ha- I see happening, blah, 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 blah. And it would literally, they would go home and boom, it was there. I've saved people's lives. Um, one lady came to me and I told her, well, your husband, I get fluid in his lungs. I get him all swollen. Uh, there's a lot of medical problems and stuff. And she says, well, when do you see this happening? I says, it, it feels very strong right at this very moment. She says, I'm leaving. Got in her car, drove home and found her husband in shock. A whole body swollen, liquid, fluid in his, in his lungs from his body and everything. Saved his life. Um, of course, she came back. She came. She gave me a great tip, and and you know, forever, you know, I'll do anything type for you type thing. But I, I can't tell you how many things. I remember one time, you know, uh, out of the clear blue, this guy came to me. He says, I, I I don't know where my father is. I've been looking for my father for thirty some years. I heard about you. I drove down from New York State to to, to make an appointment with you. Blah 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 blah. I says, you know, I says, uh, I see a road, and by chance, I happen to see a street sign. So I described the street sign, and I says, you know, I know this area. This is this is Foster, Rhode Island. And I says, I've been here before, and I described it. And I says, I see a big graveyard. And I says, I'm sorry. I think your father's in that graveyard. So he says, no, no offense. He says, whatever. And he went out there, came back a week later, and brought me photographs of the grave. He, he found his father's in that specific graveyard that I picked out. And his father had passed away like two years prior. Um, so anything's possible. But one of the things that happens when you do psychic reading, you start to wonder, am I being accurate, am I correct, or or is this my imagination? And when you start to think it's your imagination, you create your imagination. This is why it's so important to meditate and to shut the babbler off as much as you can. You don't understand, when I tell you guys to meditate this way, you learn every skill there is to develop psychically, spiritually. It's it's like the entire workout, like Bally's total fitness, you're covering everything, not just becoming relaxed. But you're covering everything. And the reason is you want to shut the babbler off is because you want the pictures to become fluidity in your mind. You want to be able to receive the images, describe what you're seeing, okay, but not second-guess it. The second, the, the very second you think about it, or it even enters into your mind without even totally starting, you already know what you feel it, you start to screw up the whole image. And then you're scared to tell them because you think you're going to be way off and they're going to come back and say you suck. One time I, I was doing a reading, this, this, this lady had her, her neighbor, this guy who she was really nice to, he was a typical guy, come over, and I warned him a lot about drugs dealings he was doing, this, that, and you know, if he didn't stop, he was going to get caught, and I described him, he was really like shocked that I knew all this. Anyway, so he didn't really want to have a reading, because he thought it was all kind of like hokey. He thought it was for women, he told me. He says, this isn't even my money. This is such and such money. She gave it to me to pay you. She dragged me down here. I don't believe in any of this. It's a bunch of bulls. You know, I'm going to make her happy. She's been bugging me for two months, right? So I'm thinking, you know, oh, great. Kind of like a biker type guy. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm doing the reading, and I see, you know, this and that, and I mention it to him, this and that, and he's like, uh-huh, nothing too spectacular, you know. But you can't create things for people's lives. Some people don't have anything their whole life. They live and die boring. They never even have a car accident in their life. So there's nothing to talk about. It's like, I, I'm sorry, I can't, there's nothing to tell you. Because you get highlights on it. Well, anyway, I'm thinking, you know, well, gee, I'm starting to see something, and what I'm seeing is, is pink pigs in this guy's kitchen. Um, I see him on a kitchen table. His head's down like this. And I see three pink pigs running around. Big pigs, not little ones. <laughs> and they're pink. They're like brilliantly pink. And they knock over the kitchen table and he falls over. And I'm thinking, if I tell this guy this, he's going to think I'm not. And I'm just out to take his money. Do I tell him or don't I tell him? And is this my own imagination creating this? So I decide to tell him. And I tell him the whole thing, and he looks me in the eye, and he says, you know, he says, he says to me, you make a hell of a good living for a guy who could sit on his ass and just tell all these stories. And he got up, and he left, and he didn't even pay me. So I felt like this big. My mono was, if I see it, I say it. And that's the rule I've always lived by. I got a letter in the mail probably three, four weeks later, maybe over a month. I don't, I don't even recall how long it was anymore. And it was an apology letter, and there was like $300 in there. And basically it said in there that um, you may not remember me, but I was such and such. I said such and such to you. You told me the story about the pink pigs, blah, 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 blah. And he says, would you please call me? And so I figured, well, there's $300. Something must have happened. So I, I called him up, and he basically told me his friends threw a party for him. It was his birthday. And they were from out of town, like this like farming-type town. And this is, of course, New England, and there's a lot of farms. And they brought some pigs with them to, to play a joke on him when they knew he got smashed. They painted the pigs pink, okay? And when he got shit-faced in the kitchen put his head down to rest, they let the pigs in the kitchen door and shut the other door, and they ran around in this little kitchen and knocked the kitchen table that he had his head on. And he thought he was freaking out because he'd seen pig pigs everywhere. And so it made perfect sense. It all fit into the big scope of pictures. And it was a highlight because it was so, you know, strange. Um... So the point is that you've just got to say what comes to mind and, and, and just, you know, you got to take that chance. Now, if it looks really bizarre, I mean, you don't have to say it. You can skip over it and just stick with the normal stuff until you build up your psychological faith in what you're doing. Do you see what I'm saying? As far as the reading goes, let me uh, see your ring. When I do a reading, the only way that I can best describe to you how it's done is to really not just give you a demonstration as to, to what one predicts, because that's not what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do, though, is to show you how I do it, okay? And when I hold an object, if you watch my hands, I tend to rotate my hands around a few times. I'm assuming I'm creating some kind of electrical field. This is purely instinctual from, from my childhood now, Okay. I then will take the ring and I will hold it in different manners. I will slide my finger through it on it. And it's not that I'm paying attention to the contour. It's kind of like I'm looking at you, but I'm just like kind of playing around, fondling the, the object, you know, just moving it around. But I realized I was really searching. It's like I'm trying to search to hit like a frequency. I'm waiting for my mind to go, you know, just kind of like squeak into the right pitch. Like I'm looking for something electrically to synchronize with my mind. I think it's just a matter of, of, like, decoding it. There's millions of codes going through my brain, like, until you break the code of the ring. You see what I'm saying? Or the energy. Once um, 
I start to get into that, I feel like a, a relaxation go through me. I just kind of just kind of relax, and uh, it's been it's been like God, like a couple of years since I've done a, a psychometry. Um, and then uh, what I do is I just start to to just let different things go through my head. Now a lot now the first thing that's going through my head is I'm I'm seeing like a, a boating community and stuff. And because you told me about the boating community. My first thought is to say, well, he told me this already, so why why even start to go into this? Do you see what I'm saying? So now I'm already analyzing what I'm going to tell him and what I'm not going to tell him. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like I'm already deciding what kind of pertinent information he's going to be privy to. He should be the one who decides that. Maybe it means nothing to me, but it may make a lot of sense to him. Do you follow what I'm saying? Um, is that what you mean by not thought? Right, to just let the thought flow, not to have thinking, because you, you really see pictures. When you start to rationalize, that's your own thought. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you start thinking to yourself, well, gee, you know, this looks... Don't. Just just let it come to you and then describe what you see. Like one of the things I see right away is I see a girl. She's kind of short, thin. She looks young, but she's not too young. And she has short hair, but it's kind of like a blonde, um, reddish blonde, Okay. And this is somebody I think that you'll probably meet. It probably I'm assuming this has to be where your brother is, okay? And this is somebody that you already know or you're going to be hooking up with. But now, notice one thing. Right away, what did you just... I just felt it kick in. Do you see the perspiration now? Do you see what I'm saying? It just started now that I'm starting to wind up. I'm not even started yet. I'm just barely picking up on tidbits, and it's already... I'm building my uh, little psychic energy thing up. Um... You know, there's there's zillions of things that I see. Um, I tend to also selectively. Another thing I just caught myself doing is I move away from you guys because if I look at you guys, I start picking up on you guys. I want to work with him, so I got his frequency. So what I'm trying to do is human eyes tend to have recordings in them, okay? And when you scan people, you look them right in the eye, and you can get like information. So because I'm going into a psychic state, that I'm trying to retrieve information pertaining to him, okay? What I'm doing is I'm diverting my eyes, obviously, so that I can focus more on what I'm getting here. In either case, once you wind up and you start talking about a few things, you may say, well, what kind of things do you want to talk about? What are you interested in? What would you like to know about? Whatever, okay? And pick a subject or something. Love, marriage, uh, uh, money, business, school, education, vehicle. I mean, it could be anything. One of the things you might want to tell people before you do a reading, before you get together, is tell them to write a list of questions. You'll find that when they get into the spot of being able to have it done, their mind's going to go blank. They won't have any questions. And what's going to happen is, is sometimes you need to focus your mind on a subject in order to pull information. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like I could tell you right now, your, your truck's going to get hit in the rear end in the parking lot at, at the Vons. Okay, so you can prevent it if you know it, but I'm going to tell you right now it is. It's going to get hit. Now, somebody's going to be backing up or something. They're going to hit it. The Vons near your house, because I know the parking lot, because I've been there. We were just there. Right, right. And it's like you're not parked up front. You kind of park near the, the, the angle towards the bank, but not near the bank. You know what I'm saying? The other thing I was seeing was a hot air balloon. A hot air balloon? Yeah, not, not in the near is going to happen a long time from now. But you, I see in a hot air balloon, and I see like a lot of like land masses and stuff below you, and it's just some kind of little vacation thing. Again, you can't control what you're seeing. Sometimes it's just random pictures at first, and it's like fast, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like earlier, I kept seeing like pine forest with you and stuff. It looked like some kind of forest or something, but kind of like a Arizona type or or you know Big Bear type forest. You know what I'm saying? 
random stuff until we try to push for something more detailed. Do you see what I'm saying? But the floodgates are open, and you start to get you get data. Okay, those of course aren't big things, but they seem to be pertinent. It must be something that he has a revelation in his mind. Maybe he's on the basket, and he, he's at that moment where he's like, "This is like incredible. I'm so glad I'm doing this. This is beautiful." And maybe that's why it's somehow recorded, you know, future-wise or something. What were you going to say, oh, work-wise? Yeah. Let's not get into that. <laughs> because I, I'm probably going to end up changing your future. And that's, first of all, two things, okay? It's not good to have your future predicted. If you're a spiritual person, when I start saying this is going to happen or that's going to happen, I feel very confident it will. Because now it's my will probably affecting your destiny, confirming it. Do you see what I'm saying? And I'd rather not. And that's, I already started getting images of you doing certain things and and I could vocalize them, but I'd rather sway some of that if I can because I, I, I have a better thing in mind for you. No, and I've seen something else about a van and stuff. But anyway, that's the, the, neither here nor there. And carpet now comes to mind. But anyway, see, stop it. It's like, it starts all flooding, you know, and it's like I'm just trying to like grab pieces and say, no, I don't want to know anymore. Um... <laughs> In either case, you can literally just reel out tons and tons of information. But you notice how it's building up now? Oh, I've got to stop now. I'm linked to you. i got to clear my mind. I'm like getting like... Well, it's been a long time since I've, I've even done I gave it up in 1990. Seven years. But it, it comes back so fast. You know, I can't even click my fingers now. Um... To trust what you're seeing, description is, is the key. Allow yourself to go into deep description. But then, you know, hold yourself back until you build the confidence. You know what I'm saying? Some stuff is just irrelevant statements. But that's psychometry. That's that's basically how it's done. You can hold somebody's wallet, the plastic. I would go after the driver's license and stuff like that if I was going to do that. Sometimes people don't have any jewelry. Earrings. Anything that's more stationary. Something that you would carry with you more so than changing your clothes daily. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things you go after. If they don't have any jewelry and whatever, usually they'll have a wallet or something, but let's say they don't. The next best thing is a shoe because of the rubber, and they always have it on there. But in either case, practice makes perfect, and uh, if you practice, you will get better and better and better and better. But it comes down to really trusting yourself, clearing your mind, and setting yourself to a job. Scanning is something you do when you... It's the same thing you're doing with the photograph, but you're doing it to a real person. And there's there's some tricks to doing this. You want to stereotype. You stereotype it to your advantage, okay? There's only so many varieties of people before you can kind of figure out the same pattern. Maybe they're a little different in certain ways, but generally there's only like 20 patterns of people, and then once you figure out the 20, you can pretty much figure out a lot about a person, Okay. What happens, is I always say, is use your rational mind. You roll on the ground. The ground is, is logic. Okay, You look at somebody, you stereotype. As you're approaching, you, your brain does not discern where to stop. You start to know more about this person as you get drawn into studying them. And you start to know something about that person that logically you should know. You're using something to figure this information out. What are you doing? And then you start getting more and more and more information. Now, if you just looked at it and you just wanted to say, well, this is what you do for work, you'd probably be, be off as a beginner or as a scanner, okay? But if you let your mind study and take that person in, and that's really the, the first level of scanning, 
his bike stunning. So it's kind of like I said, the plane just moving down the runway, and as it's building up momentum and it's starting to pick up air, your brain starts to, to, to know things as it's processing. The second level is basically what we call assimilation. Assimilation is when you become someone else or an object. So why don't you look at the person nearest you and just kind of stare at them and feel what it is to be them. Kind of look at across from each other. Feel what it is to feel their face, see through their eyes, their body, their clothing. Just become them for a minute. As you are studying them, you will find that the more you can get into to looking at them and staring at them, the more that you start to realize how they think, how they feel. You start to pick up little nuances that aren't really yours, and you start to know the difference. Think about what you would do or what would interest you if you were them. And you felt like they felt. Feel their clothing. Feel the way they have their hair, their look. The, the, the quality of their eyes. When I say quality of the eyes, I can look at somebody and know if somebody's intelligent or just really uneducated, just by their eyes. Your whole muscles in your face tell me a whole lot, just how you carry yourself, how you feel, how you think, um, just by looking at someone's face. That is the beginning of a simulation. Another form of a simulation is, is if you clear your mind, you sit back, um, and you stare at an object. Don't cross any of your legs or your arms. Everything has to be flat out, okay? Never cross anything when you do something like this, okay? Take a few deep breaths through your nose. Three deep breaths, really deep breaths. Relax your mind, try to have non-thought. Exhale out your mouth. One more. And I want you to kind of let everything in your body sink. I want you to focus on your toes right now, on the arch of your feet. I want you to focus on your toes, the arch of your feet, your heels. I just don't want you to move. I just want you to lay really still, almost motionless. And just let yourself sink into where you are. Everything's relaxed. Your lips... Your cheeks, your chin is sinking. The size of your face is like putty. It's just starting to run off the sides. The muscles are just relaxing. Your whole face is collapsing in. Your eyes are relaxed. Your scalp, the hair in your head, your earlobes. Everything's just dripping down. Everything's really, really heavy. Just hanging off the bones. Just sinking into the carpet. And now what I want to do is Part of your simulation is, is I want you to become whatever you're laying on. If you are the carpet, you will become the carpet. If you are on the couch, you will become the couch. If you are the couch, you will feel the leather, what it is to be the couch. You are the couch, and you are the floor if you are on the floor. You will feel all of the hairs and the space in between the carpet fiber. You will feel the meshing underneath the carpet. You will feel the sponge underneath that for cushioning. And you will feel the floorboard. You are those things. That is your new body. You can even feel the things that are touching you. The feet of the chairs, the table, the computer racks, the bodies laying on you. You can feel everything that is touching you. You're the couch. You can feel the springs and the cushions and the fabric inside the couch. The coolness of your skin and the warmth of the body touching you. 
your springs bowing down to the pressure and the conformity and shape of the body laying on it become what you are laying on become the object of whatever you are laying on you can feel everything that it would feel think about all the things it would feel become anything you choose any object start exploring feel what it would feel like to be those objects the coolness the tightness of wood the coldness of steel the smoothness become a machine like the tape recorder feeling the mechanisms the pulleys the oil the grease turning you can become anything you want simulation your energy connecting to any object and allow you to experience what it is to be the contour and the shape of that object that is a simulation and you can do the same thing to other human beings if you choose a person think of somebody randomly maybe your mother or your father somebody that you know feel what it is to be in their body at first become them feel what it is to feel their face in your face the clothing on their body the way that their body moves the way they talk their habits start doing them yourselves pretend that you are them think about the things that go through their minds become that person when you become that person you know things about that person that nor that naturally would not be known to you feel what it is to feel their body their knees their stomach their the shape of their body their chest area their their groin area their their hands their feet their clothing everything become that person and kind of just kind of walk and you become that person you know and feel what that person feels and how they'll deal with any given situation because that's how you would deal with it. Okay, take a deep breath, open your eyes and sit up. To do a simulation, even to do it into nature, sometimes I become an entire forest that I'm sitting in the middle of. I can literally feel the wind blowing through the trees that I am, through 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 the grass. I can feel the insects on the ground that are walking through the body of me. I can feel every stone, every every everything, and the power that comes with that, the sense of, of knowledge that comes from that is just incredible. You can assimilate people. You just sit down and you can assimilate them. Sometimes when you even assimilate people and become them, you can start to transfer thought to them. They can be really far away, and if you do a really good job by becoming them, you introduce thoughts, and all of a sudden they'll start thinking that. You can will a feeling. You don't want to specifically give them a direct order. The brain works on desire. Okay, you know you can't make the mind do anything, especially if they got a trained mind, but the brain you can affect. And remember, all of us are interconnected right now like a grid. I can make Jorge feel or taste something right now from where I am without even looking at him. You can make somebody desire chocolate or 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 have nausea or feel like they have to go to the bathroom or make somebody have an itch in their body. You can you can do all sorts of things, but you have to become them for a minute. By becoming them, what are you doing? You're synchronizing the energy to be the same pitch. You're, you're cloning. You're becoming a, a chameleon, and then their body doesn't know the difference. 
So all of a sudden you start feeling something, they connectively start to feel it also. But if you think about what you're doing, it, it collapses. If you think about yourself, it collapses. So you have to really have a very disciplined mind. By becoming other things, you teach your body that, that you're not really a body, that you're a soul. The goal is, is to become more aware of your soul energy rather than your physical body. So by becoming other objects and realizing that you can experience what they are, you realize that you're more than just a physical body. Because a physical body couldn't do that. A simulation is, is very, 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 very important. And um, if you can allow yourself... I mean, I've, I've experienced what it is to be my cat, other animals. It's just amazing what you can learn. There, there are no limits. And uh, I suggest that everybody try and experience those things. I've, I've experienced what it is to fly. I've been in Condor, flying over a giant, you know, valley, feeling the wings, um, the, the air pressure against them, the stiffness of the wind, the, the cutting of the air, the being pushed up by thermal... Uh, I've experienced it all. It's an incredible experience to see through their eyes. Um, the, the, the vision is just completely different. I've experienced to be different animals, different objects. It's, it's fascinating. It really adds to the array of my experiences and my knowledge. And I, I suggest that you guys all try experiencing that. And you do the same thing for people. Whenever I heal somebody and I scan them, I simulate them. I become them so I can feel all their wounds, all of their inner problems and stuff. And then I just study myself to see what I feel and I know what they feel. If you don't utilize something, it's not even worth having. If you don't exercise it, if you don't practice it, what good is, is being able to do that? Or knowing about it? Because you, you can't use it. Practice makes perfect. If you don't exercise something, you can't do something. Nature's good. Anything you decide, whatever you want to do, okay? But you can have an effect like on animals. Will your desire on the animal? I'll tell you right now, uh, communication with animals, if you keep thinking the same thought over and over and you project it towards an animal, as long as it's a basic thought, they will start to do that or they will react to it. But you have to, do, you have to be consistent for it to get through to them. But you can literally send a vibration to animals. You just have to believe. You have to have trust. And you have to have a... It's a certain kind of state of mind. It's it's like a state of mind that's that's passive, that's humble, but yet willful, but with no thought. You just have to become that person. Just make them feel something, whatever you want them to feel, or whatever you want them to do, and they'll, they'll do it. Now, some people will fight it off if it's very foreign. You do. You have to feel the desire and make them feel it by becoming them a little bit and then willing them to do something or feel something and then they'll have that reaction. A lot of times when you guys have cravings, cravings I think sometimes are, are actual pockets of, of mental thought from other people that were around. And then all of a sudden you have a craving for no reason you can't understand why or a desire or a feeling or sometimes emotions that you know you shouldn't be feeling. It's it's psychic, you know, PSI and it's psychic path and that you're picking up on that. But you can help somebody heal their body if they're ill. You can make somebody feel better if there are a lot of drugs and they're waking up and having a bad trip. You can help them this way by becoming them and then designing an emotion for them to feel and then putting it in them. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, there's all sorts of things you can do with it. It's a very powerful tool. There is what is called house rules. We are not allowed to use our psychic ability on anybody who has no ability. We are spiritual people who are awakened on a planet that should not be awakened. We, should, we are not supposed to exist. We are the fictional realm. We are the, the unreality of a, of a reality. 
bread sells to the majority of the world. We are the exception to the rule. We are supposed to be the hidden secret. We're supposed to walk between the lines. If we use our ability and people who don't have ability, we not only make an effect on them, but the chain that they are psychically all connected to. Hundreds of thousands of other people. There is a certain responsibility that you're supposed to take. That's why this world has the the three-dimensional thing that I keep talking about. There's always three levels of play. If you take one to follow up the other course, it's like taking a spoke and putting or, or a rod and putting it in the wheels of tires with it. Everything has a specific mechanism. We are a giant watch with different turning mechanisms. You can't take one and cut into the other one, it'll jam it. We have our purpose, we are helping the little one, the little one's helping us, but if we cross paths, it's it's a problem. So the house rules are you're not supposed to use your ability on somebody who does not have abilities. If you have faith in the force, you don't have to worry about intervening. Sometimes you have to have faith in a higher power and surrender yourself to the force, and it, it will take care of you. You know, it's it's in your heart, and it's, it's humbleness, it's love, I will tell you right now, there's probably four days a week I'll get down on my hands and knees and just bow and just say I, I'm totally merciful to the Force and that I wish to be one with the Force. It's the feeling. I mean, when you get caught up in life, you think about your bills, your money, your house, your life, everything, and at some point you have to realize that there's something beyond all of this, that this is only a moment. This is simply a moment of material existence. It's moment in time. But... You have to commune with the Force, and the Force is here forever. Forever. The Force never changes. Life changes, but the Force doesn't change. It's always there for you. So by saying, forget all of this, forget about everything else or whatever, just simply humbling yourself. I mean, there's times I even get tears to my eyes when I really just think about the the amount of love I get from the Force back. That I am just, I am so submissive. But I've been this way since a child. I just let go of everything every, and, and, and anything, and I just let that energy become one with me, and I just say, you know, I this is my choice, and this is what I choose. And if whatever it decides for me to do, or whatever it wants me to do, whatever, that's, that's it, I do it. I don't question that. I mean, I moved across the country. That's, that's faith. You know, and left my friends, my family, everything behind. Um... If it tells me, well, do this or do that, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but it says this is going to help make your awareness higher and better and stronger and energy, then that's what I do. I don't I don't question its logic. It knows better than me. You just have to have faith. You just got to say, okay, it knows something more than I know, and I'm just going to have to trust it. I've trusted my whole life, and it just never fails me once. That's That's the only thing that I can say. What is it? It's something you can feel, you can see, you can breathe. If you look at this room, and you shut off the light, and you relax, and you feel comfortable, you can't, see, you really can't see anything, and you start to see a silhouette, but what is in this room? This room is really filled with the force. And you can think about the darkness and all the dark, evil things that could be in this room, which is first thing man always reflects on is what he can't see must be something bad there. The truth is, is that the force is here in full force also. And if you just calm yourself and you just clear your mind and you let your ears just listen to nothing, 
I can feel the, the weight of the force as if it was like a, a heavy weight on my body. And then all I do is I just take it in. It's like inhaling a breath of my, my nose in, but I feel it in my chest coming in instead, like some, something going right into me. And if I look around this room and I, I can see static electricity and energy in your level, I know you must be able to see it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to see it as well as I do. I've seen it the same way you do at one point because I believe so much I see it even greater now because I become more one with it. But you have to find peace in the darkness because it's not the darkness like an evil, it's a darkness of solitude because you are an energy being. This matter doesn't exist. If matter didn't exist, there would be darkness, but there would be brilliance of energy that's light. That's the force of God, and that's what you have to think about. But uh, there is a, a level of, of peace. I mean, there's a lot of times I'll come out here and just sit. You know, when I'm home alone, I'll just sit here in the dark and just clear my mind and just and just emotionally express how I feel about the Force. And, and it expresses it back to me. And I'm at the point where I can feel it come into me. I can feel it living inside. I mean, there's no power that, that I can describe to you that is as powerful. But, you know... When you are calm and you are humble, every plant life feels the force. All life feels the force. But you have to be without thought. You have to be without desire. You have to be without anything. You have to just simply succumb to to this beauty and let it become one with you. And not try to define what you're supposed to feel or what you're thinking or or anything. You just kind of let it happen. And all of a sudden you'll feel this emotion that's kind of happy but sad, I think that you almost want to cry but you don't cry or you could cry that you feel like this this part of you that feels like it's part of something but you also feel empty it's like a duality because there's two of you there's your soul and there's your physical body that is the beginning that's that's your communion with the force because what are you doing? you're recognizing it and if you teach yourself to recognize it then you accept it as being real and when you accept something as real it starts to correspond with you there's a relationship of something going on I do the same thing when I go out in nature, trees. There's all sorts of experiences to be found if you open yourself up to it. A lot of people ask us, where is the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now. Order your set and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts.
Follow us on Instagram at Higher Balance Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.